Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today on Core Principles, I'm honored to welcome back to the program a man whom Time Magazine once called the most influential man in America. This is a man whom President Trump relied on and frequently called on as part of what he called the kitchen cabinet. And he is a best-selling author. His latest book is called Corrupt, the Inside Story of Biden's Dark Money. And it explains the impacts of the disreputable actions of the Biden family. I'm talking, of course, about Dick Morris. Welcome back, sir. How are you doing? Good to be here. That's great. Thank you. Now, your new book, Corrupt, is really timely. I think all of your books have that quality. And this ever-expanding saga of the the Biden uh, crime family seems to me, as an outside observer, like something that must eventually lead to repercussions for the perpetrators. But before we consider that possibility, I want to remind listeners of some of what the Bidens have been up to and inform them of things maybe they didn't even know about yet. So, Dick Morris, let us assume that our audience already knows in general that Biden's been up to some shady activities, both as vice president, as president, and in the intervening years. But let's pique their interest about your new book, Corrupt, particularly, with some example of your choosing. Because in the second part of this book, you take all of us readers on a world tour of Biden corruption. Would you pick one example from perhaps Romania, Kazakhstan, Costa Rica, or any of the other places that you talk about? Let's take Ukraine. Biden uh, was appointed by Obama to be the point man for the administration policies on Ukraine. And there was an effort to clean up corruption in Ukraine. And Biden traveled to the country, traveled there in 2014, pursuant to that mission, and uh, brought Hunter with him. And Hunter met with the board of Burisma, a corrupt Ukrainian energy company, whose CEO was under investigation by the attorney general in Ukraine. And uh, they, Biden didn't know anything about energy, Hunter, that is. But they put him on the board at a salary of a million dollars a year. And uh, they then asked him to intervene to try to stop the attorney general of Ukraine from indicting the head of the Burisma. And um, his assets had been seized, his bank accounts had been raided, and uh, Hunter went to work. And uh, a few, about three years later, uh, the charges against him were dropped, the ban on his traveling to Ukraine was suspended, and he's now living happily ever after in Ukraine. Before the invest- when the investigation was starting, Joe Biden traveled to Ukraine and said he wanted the prosecutor who was going after Hunter to be fired. And he said this on TV. And he said, and I said to them, my, if this guy is not fired in the next six hours when my plane leaves, uh, I'm going, we're going to suspend a billion dollars of aid to Ukraine from the U.S. And he said, sound the gun. The guy was fired. And it's true, he was fired. And the investigation of Hunter died. But the head of the investigation of Burisma continued. Um, another good example is that uh, Biden intervened on behalf of the wife of the mayor of Moscow, um, who back, I'm, I'm sorry, something different. Biden intervened on behalf of a Romanian oligarch 
who was uh, very wealthy, and he was involved in the manufacture of drones. And he turned out to be the main supplier of the drones that the Russian army used against the Ukrainians. And all the other armed suppliers who were involved in that were sanctioned in the United States, couldn't travel here, couldn't trade with us, and couldn't be involved in any project that would benefit them in the U.S. But this guy was, was exempted, and he was allowed to continue, and he became the largest arms supplier of the Ukraine. And then it turned out that he had paid, that he retained Hunter Biden to defend him, and paid him $3 million as, le- as quote, legal fees. So uh, this goes on all over the place. Sometimes the bribe is not even in the fairness. Uh, Frank Biden, Joe's brother, went to Costa Rica and got himself hired by an energy company to promote solar energy. He didn't know anything about energy, but he got the contract, and he was hired to line up contracts for this company to promote solar energy in the Caribbean and was paid a large amount of money for that. So all of these bribes were orchestrated by Biden, and we are increasingly learning how the money flowed to Biden. Uh, the Biden's bank account, Joe's and, and Hunter's, have just been subpoenaed. Hunter's they're going to now, and Joe's they will later this month or early next month. And we're going to get more and more examples of kickbacks. We already have two. Um, he worked to get a loan for his brother James and his wife and the wife uh, his wife to uh, promote energy in the United States and uh, the the loan was was to uh, Joe who lent the money to James and James just gave Joe a check to two hundred thousand dollars that he said was loan repayment but there's a lot of evidence that it was really splitting the fee that he had gotten. And there was a new $40,000 check which just revealed deposited in Joe's bank account, again by members of the family, as kickbacks for the stuff he's done. But the thing that I'm most excited about in my book is that I go through 20 specific actions that Joe Biden took or refused to take that benefited the interests of China and hurt those of the United States. And that these, I think, are the, the quo of the quid pro quo for the bribe money China paid to Biden. So my book focuses not only on what China did for Biden, but what Biden did for China. Number one on the list is that there was never an investigation of the Chinese role in the origins of COVID. Here they committed the greatest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. A million Americans dead, six million worldwide. And the Chinese claimed that they were making a virus, enhancing it, so it would be more deadly to humans and more easily communicable. And the bat happened to bite one of the scientists, and that's how it spread. The, the apologists for China say it was a lab leak. Well, my question is, number one, what the hell was China doing making this virus, making this doctor Frankenstein? And secondly, uh, I believe that this was orchestrated by China right before the 2020 election to, to sabotage Donald Trump's chances of winning. So because he had been pushing trade sanctions on China that were badly hurting the country. You're not alone in that belief. Yeah. And the list of the extent of this, 300,000 
<coughs> Chinese students studying in the United States. Every one of them is briefed by the Chinese intelligence before they leave and debriefed when they come back. And Trump set up an office in the FBI to investigate intelligence leaks and spying. Biden dissolved the office, claiming it was racial profiling. Uh, the uh, Chinese have donated uh, $58 million to the University of Pennsylvania for the Biden Institute for Peace and uh, Reconciliation. And the Institute refuses to reveal the sources of the money from China. They're just lumped as anonymous contributions from China. And we know that the university paid Biden a million dollars a year, uh, not to teach, not to make appearances, just to exist. And uh, he that was the main, so a huge source of income for him after his vice presidency and before his presidency. And by the way, Dot Blinken, the secretary of state, was on the payroll for a quarter of a million dollars. So the president and the future secretary of state were both on the Chinese payroll for four years prior to Biden taking office as president. Uh, there are just so many examples. It's the amazing. US, uh, the U.S. relies on rare earth minerals to power our solar batteries and our wind turbines and, or, and many of our defense equipment. And China acquired a monopoly of rare earth minerals. And the U.S. proposed, or people in the U.S. proposed to build mines to increase our supply. And there have been three proposals. Biden has killed them all, including a big one at the Boundary Lakes in Minnesota, northern Minnesota in Michigan. And this was killed by Biden. He claimed it endangered a lake. And this was the major challenge to Chinese monopoly. I think, you know, Kennedy almost led us into war to stop Russia from setting a base in China, in Cuba. And now China has set up two such bases without a peep from Biden. China's working on kicking out the U.S. as the, as the international currency and uh, getting the get 10 nations to agree not to pay for oil in dollars, but doing gold or local currency. And uh, Biden has not retaliated, not even told him to stop. So this would never happen under Trump, and I think this is a shady trail of the horrible anti-American action that have been taken as a result of Biden's inaction or action. Indeed. And I want to focus on that last one a little bit in just a moment. But listeners, just uh, you've gotten a sense so far, this book, Corrupt by Dick Morris, details and literally a third of the pages are notes. So if you want to dig deep, you can. But it details the corrupt dealings of the Biden family. And the dealings are so extensive that Dick Morris has written 12 chapters, each one dedicated to a different place on planet Earth where the Bidens have been doing this stuff. And the one he's been talking about here particularly that I want to dive in a little bit more is China. But you need to buy this book called Corrupt and find out for yourselves more about how deep this rabbit hole goes. But as we look at China, Dick Morris, I'm particularly interested in that third part of your book. And we talk about the consequences, which you've started uh, talking about in a few areas. You had a front row seat to what Bill Clinton did with China. And you talk about that. Readers, you're just going to have to read about that uh, in the book. It's fascinating. Um, And I remember some of that. I was active duty Air Force at the time. And I remember what happened with Laurel Aerospace and Bernie Schwartz and selling 
ballistic missile guidance systems. But with the Biden corruption, you detailed it more specific harms in these areas. You talked about so many of them, the economy, the intellectual property, patents, technology, higher education, espionage, fentanyl, all of these things, even the military. I want to focus on the economy. You started mentioning about the reserve currency status that we have. And you make this observation in the third part of your book. Biden's greatest harm is going to have been to let the American dollar lose its preeminence in the world and no longer enjoy its status. That's a quote. So Dick Morris, what are BRICS and how is this going to happen about our currency? Well, it goes back to 1945 when uh, at the Yalta Conference, in 1944, the conference before Yorker, Bretton Woods, uh, the nations of the world, the Allied nations, launched the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank and established the dollar as the currency for international uh, transactions. At the time, the U.S. had half of the world's GDP and two-thirds of the world's hard currency reserve. This was so important that FDR, in the last month of his life, had his ship diverted from Yorga to Saudi Arabia to meet with the king and work out the deal where the dollar would be the currency with which to buy oil. And it has been ever since. Now China is going to four other countries, the BRICS countries, Brazil, Russia, India, and China. And now they have 10 other countries that have tacked on. They've said, we will not accept the dollar in any sales of oil. And when I said only going to accept gold or the yuan, the Chinese currency, or some other alternative. And this is an attempt to take the world off the American dollar. Now, if that happens, it will be a major disaster for the U.S. Trump said it would be the worst defeat in 200 years. Right now, when we need to borrow money to pay for our deficit, we have to, we can just print the money. We're the only country that can do that because our currency is the global currency. But if this takes place, we would have to convert our currency into a foreign currency, and then we could borrow money. And that may, would be an exchange disadvantage to, disadvantageous to us. We might not be able to make the conversion. And the specific thing is we probably would have to make cuts in our spending, specifically including the defense budget. And this is kind of China's kind of backdoor way of trying to disarm the United States. Now, we still, not 80% plus of the global transactions are still in dollars. And if Biden acted vigorously, as Trump is urging, we could stop the replacement of the dollar. Uh, we could force countries to go back to the dollar and we could penalize those who don't. But he's not doing that. He's doing absolutely nothing. While the first of the BRICS nations organized, now they've recruited 10 other countries, including some heavy oil producers like Saudi Arabia and Iran to join them. Uh, so it's a matter of a short amount of time before China succeeds in its mission of displacing the dollar as the global currency. Now, we don't often do breaking news here on the Core Principles podcast, but as an example of how China's fortunes are now too closely tied to our own. Just within the past two hours today, China's industrial and commercial bank was hit with a ransomware, spyware kind of attack. And the immediate result was a disruption of the United States treasury market. 
Uh, Dick Morris, do you have any comments on that breaking news item? Well, yeah, I did not know that. Uh, but we have to understand fundamentally uh, China is probably the single country in the world most dependent on the United States. Uh, the idea that we depend on them is absurd. U.S. survived economically because we have a robust domestic market. Uh, we sell to American consumers. We sell that the majority of our products and services to American customers. China sells only about 20% to Chinese customers, and 80% has to be bought by the rest of the world, predominantly the United States. And uh, they are totally dependent on U.S. purchases and U.S. consumer demand for their entire economy. When Trump imposed sanctions on China, it set in motion a recession that is continuing now, deepening now, and may even result in political instability in China. So we have tremendous leverage, but we don't use it. We squander it because our chief executive has been paid off by the Chinese. Well, when we had a different chief executive who loves America, Donald John Trump, he did leverage our influence. And when we spoke last year, Dick Morris, about another great book that you had written called The Return, you had boldly predicted that Donald Trump will return to office. And you echo that, by the way, in this new book. So I want to ask you, Dick Morris, for another bold prediction. I'm going to preface this question by noting that yesterday, the 8th of November, my congressman, Jamie Comer, did, as you alluded to earlier, issue subpoenas for Hunter Biden and James Biden. So here's the question. It's predictive in nature. Will Joe Biden be brought to any kind of justice? Well, I think that as a result of the Comer investigation, the House is going to vote to impeach him, which is basically indict him. And uh, I think what will happen then is the ha- there will be a Senate, the House will vote to, indict, to impeach and indict him. And there'll be a trial in the Senate. They'll be acquitted on a party-line basis, since the Democrats still have a one-vote majority. But as, at the trial, all of the evidence of the stuff I've been talking about in detail in my book is going to come out. And come out in a form where people have to pay attention because it's in between trial of the president. And uh, I think that will absolutely torpedo any hopes he has of re-election. Would you like to predict who's going to replace him on the Democrat ticket? I hope it's not Newsom. Well, that's a little bit of the answer to a trivia contest. Because whoever does is going to lose to Donald Trump. Uh, The polling certainly suggests that. Uh, I think there'll be a battle royal between the left and the Democratic Party, Newsom, Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and the, the right of what's left of it in the Democratic Party, probably Pete Buttigieg. And uh, you may have Hillary in the mix, you may get other candidates in the mix, but uh, none of them are going to defeat Donald Trump. Could uh, Robert Kennedy move back in and say, oh, I'm, I'm a Democrat after all? No. Uh, of course, I think the filing deadline could passed and couldn't get into the primaries. And I don't think that he would do that, and I certainly don't think the Democrats would welcome him. All right. Well, I like to conclude my interviews by asking experts like yourself for some encouragement. What you detail in this book, Corrupt, is a little discouraging, and it's all true. It's well documented. But what can you tell our listeners, who I hope are going to become readers of your new book, Corrupt, The Inside yeah, Story every, of Biden's Smith? Every one of 
every one of the problems I'm citing will be solved by the election of Donald Trump. He, uh, he dealt with these problems before, stopped them from biting us, and uh, we'll do it again. And he's going to win. Uh, he's locked, locked up the nomination. He now has a decisive lead in the general election. And I think he's going to be the 47th president. So don't be so pessimistic. We're going to win. That's right. We will win. And America will be great again, again. Um, how long is it going to be, Dick Morris, before some of these folks who were on the so-called debate stage last night endorse President Trump and say, all right, he is the guy? Well, I don't know. It's different for different ones. I think I see Tim Scott wavering. And um, it's like to tell Christie, obviously, will echo his opposition from his grave. Um, who knows what the effect Ramaswamy is going to do? Uh, I don't think it's significant. I think that this debate was the least important debate in political history. Yes. I didn't really watch it, but I couldn't avoid a few clips. It sounds like Ramaswamy did uh, throw a few barbs at the press, and I appreciated that. And that uh, was kind of funny. Well, uh, any final comments as we're talking about your book, Corrupt? Uh, I want listeners to buy and read and study the book. Um, what what would you say in conclusion, Dick Morris? Well, and vote for Trump and work for Trump. Give money to Trump and play, play the Trump wins. Nothing's ever been more important for our country. Very good. Well, thank you so much for being my guest thank again you. on Core Principles. God bless. God bless you. Core Principles podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July, L-E-I-G-H-T July. You can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles podcast please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information and please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.